0: up Pretty Lights family. We are back with another recap of the passenger log of one of the tour's most unique stops, I would say. And we are of course referencing the three-day PL extravaganza festival, whatever you'd wish to call it. The happenings that finally happened in Pelham, Tennessee at one of the nation's coolest, most unique venues, the Caverns. This is Wesley Johnson coming at you today from Rochester, New York, and joined virtually by my favorite and your favorite, Elizabeth Dreesen. Elizabeth, how are we?
1: I'm good, just still like reveling in the amazing 10 days that we had in San Francisco and just um, getting ready like mentally to go to New Orleans, looking forward to my parents visiting for Thanksgiving this week. So feeling, feeling good, feeling like I've gotten some like good, necessary recovery time and excited to be here with you too.
0: you're here with us and you may be wondering hey didn't caverns happen before san francisco and the answer is yeah it did but we got a little lost in the swirl you know having two monumental weekends like that back to back um pretty crazy great for the community obviously but uh, we wanted to prioritize doing the san francisco episode together just because we happen to be in person um, and you've probably listened to it at this point and if you haven't you definitely should because we were joined by someone who you and i both respect a whole lot a very prolific music journalist who's been covering this scene for far longer than we have, the one and only B. Getz. So we really wanted to make sure we were able to connect in person with him and really cover that as it was happening. Still very fresh in the mind. But thank you for your patience. We definitely appreciate it. We just really needed some time to digest because there was a lot to digest that happened throughout these last two weeks.
1: Yeah, and for the people who did both Caverns and San Francisco, y'all are fucking crazy. I love it. I could never... Mm -hmm. i can pick up
0: pick up your gold star get your badge on the way out uh you definitely earned it these coast-to-coast stops have been crazy um i'm feeling it you know like i'm I'm glad we have this much time to go down to new orleans i definitely needed the time to kind of ground and reset get some family time into the whole thanksgiving thing so you know in that vein you know we're very thankful for you the listener who's been super supportive of us you know if you've been here pre the shows that we've been recapping you know much love to you uh, we have a lot of fun doing this, and this tour has just been really unforgettable. I'm never going to forget this. I, I can't even say years; it's been three months of tour. But um, the Soundship Space System tour is definitely some memories that will live on forever because you know memories never die.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like you said, caverns was really was really unique. I mean, from my understanding, they were above ground for the main shows, and the, the after parties were in the actual. Caves just because of capacity, but um and I mean I think it'd be really cool to see Pretty Lights in a cave someday. But like I said, in terms of capacity, it just would have been more of a shit show than getting tickets has been. But shout out to Phil for just doing his absolute best, really going above and beyond. I d- can't think of any other fan base that that has that kind of support of someone really trying to address you know what happened with with the tickets and the scalpers and stuff. So really really grateful for that
0: absolutely yeah! big shout out to phil salvaggio um definitely you know one of the goats behind the scene for a long time and been really cool seeing how hard he's been working re-releasing these tickets to us the fans you know each stop there's definitely been a couple of re-releases of tickets which have been really great um so r.i.p to you you know sorry if you spent a couple hundred bucks on reseller tickets before the fam tickets dropped but um, you know, if you still are not inside the PLF Facebook group, you know, hit us up. We'll get you in there. A um, really good resource just to really connect with other people that are just as impassioned as you probably are about Pretty Lights if you're here listening to us.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to do a lottery someday, just like Fish or something.
0: I know. How cool would that be? And then I also think about like, how awful it could be because that's the only way you could do the Inside the Cavern show, would be a lottery system. Right because right. the cap in there is like it's so small like it would be dreams as fuck but as hard as everything else was to get tickets like good lord that would be like d-day but for us
1: but i feel like they made up for it in terms of the use of space with the drone show because that's oh, something that yes. i was not expecting yes
0: i was wondering when we we're gonna touch on that yeah
1: yeah but besides the dylan amphitheater this was the only other outdoor uh venue of the tour and um even from watching on the stream, that live drone show blew me away. I was mostly just like, how much did this fucking cost? But just still, like, the coordination and stuff was just, like, Yeah, shout out to Skylights, uh, the company
0: that provided the drones. I read somewhere in a post that they had 75 drones that were deployed... Um, in perfect unison like such a fun additional element to the production you know like we talk about it a lot throughout this tour that there have just been so many aspects that really keep you on your toes and that was absolutely one of them you know when they i believe they debuted on night two during a really really awesome rendition of sun spreads in our mind and then made a couple appearances throughout the rest of the weekend but yeah, you know, um, again, big love and respect to the crew, you know, for always just delivering, giving us what we need and then some. Like, I'm I'm very floored by that. And Caverns really did feel kind of like the fam event of the tour. You know, it Yeah, was like very a tell you re- event. Exactly. Yeah, very similar to telly vibes. You know, like, three days in a remote location, hard as fuck to get there. You know, you had to really want it to be there. So, so everybody that was there, you know, You know, big hats off to you. You know, Elizabeth and I were obviously not there uh, just because the back and forth we've been doing has been crazy, but it was really a great time and it was really cool. Again, the reason why we're so thankful for these streams is like it feels like you are there in a sense, you know, but being able to see all of that and kind of be in tune with what's happening as it's happening in real time, is something again we should not take for granted these streams have been game changers so shout out to all of the guys and girls on the stream team y'all are the dream team the whole pl crew stay killing it and yeah the caverns we'll get into you know the nitty-gritty as you know we do here but from that holistic macro view one of the events of the year in my opinion
1: yeah absolutely and just so unique in terms of like exploring country music like I know that we've been um kind of getting some nods to the music cultures and the cities that we've been in like each and every stop like it's really been remarkable in that sense but country is one genre that I would say doesn't cross over at all like we've kind of referenced on this show that like we were surprised by um, the exploration of house music because, for this particular demographic, like um, I would say, it's, it tends to be less explored than bass music. But country is something that I even would less I would so. say totally. even less so. So that I would say is a risk, probably. But they really pulled it off remarkably well.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, we made the comments, or maybe. No, you've definitely said it too, but, like, musically nothing is off-limits, and again, they just continue to prove that hypothesis correct. You know, like, literally anything can be played, and it sounds good, which I think is the biggest surprise for me. You know, like, I could expect, like, hearing tacky versions of these renditions, but again, like, play Dolly Parton, and it's, like, clearly Dolly Parton, but also clearly PL at the same time. Like, I just, what the fuck, you know? What the fuck? It's really... Again, big testament to the band members themselves for being able to figure this all out. Um, and, you know, we talked about it on our episode of Gets where these guys really are performing without a safety net. You know, like, there's a chance that this shit could have flopped, but sure. it didn't, and they just performed it with such gusto. You know, that, like, it was just really, really incredible. And, you know, the musicality of this show has definitely kind of set it apart in that regard, too, but... Yeah, a lot of really cool things that really happened this weekend, including, you know, the fact that there were pre-show acts, right, and post-show acts happening in the caves. Like, it really did feel like a little PL festival.
1: Yeah, I think this was the only stop on the on this year's tour that had openers, right?
0: hmm Yeah, everything else has kind of shifted into that kind of true, like, tier one jam band status, right? No openers, two sets, encore, giving the fans what they want, right? Just giving us that service, but this one to kind of go back to the pretty lights of old right you know like even at red rocks you know having like three openers each night um it felt very reminiscent of those times but then the band is still giving us two sets you know it's it's been really special and these sets are really dope and you know i guess we should just might as well jump into it yeah
1: yeah take it away
0: starting off with night one of the caverns set one um, an incredible tour debut of short line the first ever pretty light song from the discography dating all the way back to 2006 um yeah this is what i had been waiting for you know they've been doing a lot of taking up your precious time and i definitely was expecting to hear it a little sooner but opening a show with it or a run even more specifically was like real baller shit i really like that you know they're just saying hey this is where we come from but this is where we are and then transitioning into Let's Get Busy, which before you roll your eyes, goaded. Let's get busy in my opinion. The intro to it was absolutely incredible. This was kind of that first section where we got some kind of folky aspects in the music. Mm-hmm. And then of course the my favorite little vocal sample I think was the ghost ride the whip. Um yeah. that shit was so fun.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I think this is like at least the second time they've kind of referenced a future stop at like the previous stop where, you yeah. know, Ghost Ride the Whip is from, I think it's an E-40 track, but it's like, you know, it's a Bay Area hip hop song. And I believe it was in Philadelphia. I think they tease like the Cream versus... New York State of Mind, so I'm going like, oh no, are they gonna play it here? And then they, of course, like rinsed it fully yes. in New York. So that was that was kind of cool, kind of random, but like totally cool. And when you s- made your comment about rolling your eyes at Let's Get Busy, I hope you weren't referring to me because you know that is my guilty pleasure. In fact, you know that the Hero Bus drop is my guilty pleasure.
0: <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm talking specifically to our really good friend Luis Marquina, who especially oh, distastes yes. <laughs> the Hero Bus version.
1: <laughs> Ooh, called out.
0: <laughs> so if you're listening to this, Luis, you love you um, but you're wrong in this case and that's okay you're still the best <laughs> uh, but my favorite part about the ghost ride the whip was just like derek being very fully silly in presence like i love silly derek so much and he was out and about this weekend you know where he talks about it's a metaphor we floatin'. you know ghost ride and the whip and i think that's a perfect description of what this band does is like they start and just levitate and then generally get everybody to ascend with them and then from there, going into a really cool little sample of Riders on the Storm. Like, just a, a really cool moment musically. So between the short line and Let's Get Busy, you know, I was like, damn, like, we're about to have a, a night here. And then we got a cool rendition of Around the Block. Um, a really nice little mashup of So Much in the Dark and Lord will Find a Way. You know, Derek again hopping on the mic saying, you just gotta let shit happen. Which, you know, we talk about themes on this show and i think that's kind of a constant with pl right things are going to happen you know there is so much in the dark but the lord whether it's you know a religious deity or just a, an overall entity um, i tend to subscribe to the latter there it's just a really cool message you know there's a lot of darkness but you will find your way with however you choose to view that you just got to let the shit happen you know it'll be bad for a little bit but things aren't going to be bad always and i think that's really important to remember
1: yeah love that uh then a fun rendition of can't stop me now with like some cool like electro noises towards the end that's like the shit that i come from that like i don't want to call it like electro house but it just reminds me of like justice like dead mouse a little bit and like that's the sh- that's like where i come from so and then Wes
0: yeah and then from there the shit that I come from my number one in search of finally saw the light of day for the first time since New Orleans in 2016 for that monumental New Year's Eve show Solamente and I was in Vancouver as this show was happening having a really nice night um, at this cabin in this beautiful town called Squamish just overlooking the lake And I, my phone just starts going crazy and I'm like, oh my God, like who's died now? You know, this is my first reaction when I get more than like three texts, but it was a bunch of homies who know how much I love Solamente and people are just going like, Wes, it's happening. And then Joe FaceTimes me, our dear buddy thought process, and he's FaceTiming me. I'm seeing them perform Solamente and it was just stunning, you know, hats off to Greg. You know, we always have to plug the laser shark, the goat, just like really setting the mood there in those dark Tennessee nights disilluminating through the way he does and then they played the flute solo which specifically is the part that i've been chasing the most i uh, i got solamente in Telluride in 2016 during the dj set but infamously transitioned out before the flute solo and probably the worst case of blue balls i've experienced in any sort of context music and sexual in my entire <laughs> life it was really hard To see the full flute rendition come out, you know, when I went back and listened to it, it was fucking incredible. And I just started crying immediately because it was so good and so happy for all the homies that were there that did get it. And then a really cool sample from MF Doom from one of his most iconic songs, Accordion. um, Specifically the line, living off borrowed time, the clock ticks faster. Which again, you know, just the meaning behind that I think is really cool with what they were doing in this set. Because I think we explored it in San Francisco, but I think they are really doing a lot more storytelling. especially on the latter half of this tour it felt like the beginning of the tour was just like kind of dusting out those big numbers doing in big ways but I think they've been digging a little bit deeper here and then the fucking gall to go from Solamente into Forever Lost which was like seamlessly transitioned into the world as a cinema like just chills absolute chills from how hard they were going on this first set to then giving us another tour debut with Change is Gonna Come you know like one of my favorite tracks I believe it's track number one off Filling Up the City Skies part one, which is one of my favorite CDs of PL. I mean, I call it CDs because I own one CDs because I'm a real head, I've been at this shit for a minute, I got the full CD deck, so what up? Um, But that was fresh, and then you made a note that there was some really cool exploration kicked in around the 512 mark, which will kick in right about now. very fresh what did you think about that
1: oh i loved the change is gonna come i thought it was about time for that one um and i remember thinking or hearing rather when uh there was a little bit of a break between can't stop me now and solamente and you could hear on like the twitch chat um the band talking a bit and they were like oh should we play solamente like people have been asking for it and i just i I can't be on Twitch at the same time, you know, like it and I just could not load it up on my phone fast enough to be like, no, save it for San Francisco. So <laughs> I do apologize. I did. I did, you know, try. But by the time I got on there with the ad, of course, um, I was too late for you, Wes, and I'm sorry.
0: It's OK. I'll get it eventually in the same way that you got your look both ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, I'm just going to go ahead and like swirl us and start at the end i wasn 't planning to do this, but you brought up look both ways so i 'm going to start
0: are we swirling
1: we're swirling a bit we're the podcast is starting to swirl it's been it's been it's been enough time where the the swirl is affecting the podcast now, but um yeah, I just love that like look both ways is turning into like a set closer essentially some I think it was a set closer on one of the Chicago shows or maybe an encore show song it was um <clears throat> It was an encore song in San Francisco, and I just love that it's getting that placement and treatment in sets. Um, and the great thing about this version of "Look Both Ways" was that it was there was like this amazing electro swing breakdown that I mistakenly thought was pair of Stolar.
0: Totally get where you thought that from because that's in her note here.
1: I think he probably uses this. I think I probably. I think he probably uses the same sample, but that's just ca- kind of another nod to like what I came up on originally. I think Perif Stolar was one of the early like electronic artists that I like explored as I was like kind of getting my feet wet and exploring what I liked. And so totally, it just sounded and they had like such this, a unique like,
0: a... sound with that electro swing, like kind of jazz yeah. pop era, like really yeah. really unique and very nostalgic in a sense. And I felt that way listening to that rendition too. And then the horns they use there are from this older track uh, by, I think it's called uh, Bird's Lament by Moondog, which was really cool, you know, kind of carried that vein here. And then the way they swirled that all together with, like, a classic kind of, like, funky OG, like, dance track, finally, by C.C. Peniston. C.C. <laughs> Peniston. Absolute barn burner. I think it makes the most sense towards the end of sets because, like, it does just like it shuts shit down, as was apparent in San Francisco when we got in the encore treatment. Like, the hottest look both ways. I would say this was the goaded look both ways, and then San Francisco happened a week later and then re itself the way this yeah. band is doing, you know, which is like the great thing and the annoying thing about doing this pod is like we talk about shit, it's goaded, and then a week later they outdo themselves, and we're like, oh, fuck. Back to the drawing board. Yeah, remember
1: when we first started, we were just like, we're not going to talk about the same song twice. Like, if we talk about So Bright, like, in Atlanta, like, we're not going to talk about it again. And Like, they just, they fucking made that impossible.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, like, it's a really good message about, like, the evolution. And I've been thinking about that a lot and not only has the band been evolving obviously the production team has been evolving whether it's greg or anti-alias or eric menser but the stream team has been evolving with the elements they're doing and a really cool thing i was thinking about was how the community has evolved like something we were talking to b gets a little bit about off air i don't think it made it into our san francisco episode was the community at large like the fact that we have dedicated people that are putting together these incredible set lists shout out to mark cooley shout out to Devin d's and the discord crew like going ham with the sample games like we always know exactly what's been played and people really give a fuck and people really care and are documenting this all as it's happening and i don't think that's ever something i really noticed too deeply before you know like there are certainly people like your miguel's in the past shout out miguel who've always tracked set lists, but at the depth we're going with, I feel like the general fan base has like such a, a concrete understanding of what's going on, which for me is yeah. really cool. Like I was so tired of being like the only person in my circle that would just fucking nerd out about this. If you're like, okay, Wes, like they would let me rant, then patiently and kindly shift subject. But now everybody's in it, so shout out to PLF. Like, do you feel the evolution? Cause it's happening.
1: Yeah, we all are growing up and we're becoming the jam band. Plus, honestly because it's just I just feel like calling Pretty Lights a jam band honestly and, we, and I remember when we started this podcast like that's the parallel we were trying to make but I, at this point I feel like calling Pretty Lights a jam band is like limiting <laughs>
0: yeah true it's like every week they continue to illuminate that we don't know shit right there's just so many tricks up their sleeves I'm as anxious as I am excited for these New Orleans shows because I just I'm like what else you know at this point what else could they possibly do
1: yeah, and this second set from night one, I think, is six songs. And, you know, they've done that fairly consistently across a couple stops now, but it's just, you know... A couple five-songers. Yeah, which is different than, than years past and really cool to see.
0: Totally. Yeah, and, you know, really cool moment. Um, You know, The Road to the Stars, you know, that was a really awesome track from set two. And then also, um, you know, of course, we'll shout out Russ and Justice because that's a great track. But The Stars Are Out Tonight um, was a really cool little groove. And Derek kind of illuminated um, that it was someone from the Mossy Project who found the sample and kind of painted the general picture of, like, how many people are actually involved in what's getting played versus, you know, in terms of a regional discovery. Like, in PLL, right, it was just Karnes. He was the only sample guy, really. But now it's like Karns, it's Menert. Um, we've learned that Mikey Thunder's doing a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, the guy's queuing up all the incredible music we see before shows, during set breaks, and then of other people that are in the community as well, like hunting these samples, tracking them to the crew. Like, it's such a group effort, which, again, is a recurring theme about this iteration of Pretty Lights. Like It is such a team sport. You know, everybody's playing their part, even if we don't know that they're playing. Like, there's so many hands in the kitchen here, whipping up these incredibly hot beats.
1: Yeah, and they just, and what's really interesting is that they kind of make it seem like a singular entity.
0: Yeah, and again, you know, like, that whole six-song set, like, it just fits so well together. Like, reading the track list, you know, The Road to the Stars and The Rush of Justice into The Stars Are Out. You know, like, we took a road, we got our vindication, they're out here, we have a gift, but it's still night. So make sure you look both ways. And then, you know, of course, they ended the night with, like, a really nice crew shoutout, which, like, I don't know. I don't know if people get sick of the crew shoutout, but I fucking love it. Like, I love when artists take time to appreciate all the people going behind the scenes, because as someone that worked in a venue, you know, like, my day started at 5 a.m., like, meeting the roadies, right? The guys that are schlepping the shit around at crack of dawn, they're the last ones that are going to bed at night, they're the first ones that are waking up in the morning. So the fact that they're really getting their shine from Derek and everyone else involved is, like, it's really important. I don't think to be understated enough. And then also learning how Derek met Chris Carnes at a record shop in Boulder. Like, I don't think I knew that about those two. I was kind of curious yeah. how they came to meet, but very wholesome.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm like taking notes during it. I'm just like, all right, who do we talk to on the podcast? Who do we ask to be on? I'm just like the whole list <laughs> of the crew.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, Encore with I Know the Truth, you know, classic way to end a PL show. Um, you know, this is... You get a shrug from me. A shrug from Elizabeth, but a nod for me. I'll say, I see it Well done. Way to tie it, you know, put a little bow on it. Um, a really special night one in a really special place the post-show acts for night one uh, again the boy thought process was out there Chris Carnes and Maddie O'Neill and during Maddie O'Neill set like again like the really cool thing that you just never know what's going to happen at an event like this and Derek was running lights for Maddie O'Neill I don't know if it's for the whole time but I saw clips of him doing at least for a little bit like how awesome like what a special treat if you made it inside the caverns like that's amazing and if you didn't make it you know we get to relive it vicariously through the homies that were there but Again, just such nice little elements sprinkled throughout the weekend that are just so one-off. You know, like, you can't experience stuff like that all the time, so really cool to see it happen, and even cooler for the people that were there to experience it.
1: Yeah, and then on night two, we got a little sunset set, which is unusual. People who were there for night two got three sets in one day, which is awesome. I don't think we've seen... Well, I guess at Dylan, because of the early curfew they did, they had, like, the set one was, like, before the sunset, and then set two was after the sunset, and they played all those special sunset songs, which is very cool.
0: Yes. But yeah, this sunset set was so special, and I think a really cool thing about it, like, it was mo- mainly new songs, right? Yeah. Like, it was DIO, Chasing Rainbows, Omega Children, Old Corolla, which I love.
1: I love Old Corolla. It. I just feel like it is just an expression of, like, when you're just, like, really admiring... I think someone that you're in love with, like just like that puppy love of just being, it's like that feeling of like falling in love. That's what that song feels like to me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think about that, too. But, like, even a little bit more wide lens. And it's just, like, being in love with a moment in time. And it, like, brings mm. me back to me, like, driving an old Civic. You know, I, I never drove a Corolla, but I had an old Civic.
1: You um, had? A, you still have one.
0: Well, I have a newer, older Civic. I had a 1996 <laughs> Honda Civic that I, your boy upgraded for a 2014 Honda Civic. So look at me now. Fucking glowed up, bitch. Um, but, but it's still, you know, when I think of my old Civic you know, that I bought in Colorado, drove back to Syracuse. Like, all those memories I have from that time of, like, experiences I was having, people I loved who maybe aren't a part of my life anymore. It is just, like, it's a really special thing. And then to go from those new songs into a huge tour debut that we were all really anticipating in Wayfaring Stranger, which was just really, really great to get that one, to see the light of day during the sunset.
1: Did he just wink?
0: That was a pun, an intentional (laughs) pun. You know on the show I'd be making unintentional puns, but that was an intentional one.
1: (laughs) For those taking notes, (laughs) there's a quiz at the end. (laughs) Always. by the most interesting version of Samso that I've ever heard of I, I, lo- I loved the intro with Dolly Parton I loved the Modest the Mouse sample like definitely the definitely the most interesting and engaging Samso because for me honestly I'm just going to say it Samso kind of a sleeper song for me. Wow. Shrug.
0: Interesting.
2: From the bridge I see reflection In the waters on the bridge.
0: was a very special rendition of the show um, or of this song but yeah a really cool sunset set um, and then you know they handed the reins over to mikey thunder again shout out to you mikey thunder um, someone who's done a lot for the culture behind the scenes someone i don't think is appreciated enough he's like the resident dj of the pl scene man's got fire taste is an incredible dj so big respect to you sir we see you we love you we'd love to chat with you sometime
1: yeah, Pretty Life Live has got to get on getting these, uh, the set break music and like the preset music up on SoundCloud. Like, I, guys, like, if you're listening, I, I appreciate, you know, how quick you are with getting the sets up, but, uh, I need the preset music too, because that shit's fire. I know there's a Spotify playlist floating around there somewhere, I think from Discord. I downloaded Discord once. I got overwhelmed, so I'm, I'm not on it, but, um,. Preset music is great.
0: Yeah, and Stephen Moores and Devin, I'm looking at y'all because I know you track who's doing the music or who's being played during the set break music, so you have the power and the technology. Let's all figure out a way to come together on this one. (laughs) Uh, But then for the main event of night two, um, something new here. Uh, We had additional VJs join for the last two nights, and this was something I was really excited about because Glass Crane um, is one of my favorite VJs in the scene makes really breathtaking works. He's performed a whole bunch over the last couple of years. And with his who? Style... I don't
1: know if I'm familiar. Oh, really?
0: Um, yeah, I'll have to send you some of his stuff. I'm a big fan of his. Um, he absolutely crushes, or they absolutely crush. I actually don't know who's behind the project. I've just you know happened to see in a few shows where they've been present. Um, but yeah, a big fan of that style, and it fit really well with what kind of Jack and Eric are doing on the visual team and what Greg was doing. Um, it's just again like very cohesive the way that these visual artists are gelling together and the way that the musical artists on stage are is again just it's very impressive to me so shout out to y'all for constantly killing it but we had a really great set here too with set one you know again open was so bright which is really great um you know I, I really agreed with your note here he had that fun manipulation of the horns um, and it, the way they explored that around like the 11 minute mark was really really cool again like not to talk about the same song we talk about it all the time but again they keep making the shit so hot it's hard not to went into Free Stomp, got a really great version of Future Blind, you know, it was really brief, but then what really set it off for me was the color of my soul and that you agreed. Um, I always love when I'm like putting my notes together and I see your notes, I'm like, all right, we're on the same
1: page. Yeah, the the drum and bass breakdown, nice to see them, you know, ever since, I guess it was, I guess they kind of started going in that direction and we started hearing it more in sets in Brooklyn, but it's been great to hear some drum and bass in the sets now. And then a very special version of all I've ever known that Um, went into, that segued into probably I would say like the first real country jam of the weekend
0: yeah and it was a a really impressive swirl, you know that uh, Tennessee song by Margot Price where she goes swirled in some doobie brothers and then the queen of tennessee herself the newly anointed to the rock and roll hall of fame miss dolly parton who was swirled together with bon jovi and like you said like our first real instance i think of a country breakdown during these shows where they had that like really southern twang style guitar again a style of pretty lights i never expected to hear but it just felt so natural in this environment
1: yeah, and it reminded me, I think you were you were at Electric Force 2015, right, Wes?
0: Yeah, sure was.
1: I don't know if you remember this, but um, it was at the end of the Saturday Night Shebang, before you know who, um, and Strange Cheese Incident... The dubstep terrapin? Yeah, the dubstep terrapin. They played this amazing cover of terrapin station by the grateful dead and they just like flipped it into this incredible like dubstep version of it and like when i heard pretty lights play this like let's go back to tennessee dubstep exploration thing it reminded me exactly of that
0: what a moment that was first time candy flipping for me and that shit really just was hitting during dubstep terrapin Mm -hmm. but swirling back to pl land um after all i've ever known we got a cool tour debut of savages you know last time that was played was in eugene in 2016 which i was at that show which was really cool um you know it's a song that definitely doesn't get played a lot. I don't know if I need to hear it all the time if I'm being the most honest, but still a really cool tune. Again, the bust-outs and debuts we're getting, they just, like, I'm really impressed by. And they've really covered a lot of their discography. You know, there's still some tracks that I wish they would play versus some repeats they've done. But, again, they're always busting out new shit for us, and I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and then set two opened with um, Exodus, another tour debut. Um, I liked your note here, throwback to the episodic tour, because... Um... Exodus always makes me think of the episodic tour. I think about the um, Telluride 2015 video compilation and just like that version of Exodus is just like so spectacular and really, I think, like such a solid representation of like what the Analog Future Band was capable of.
0: Yeah. And I think it was some of the first moments where we really saw Derek play bass too. And that's become more of a regularity on this tour, which I think is really cool to see his evolution as a musician um obviously he's got his little analog analog modular synthesizer down to a science but also just ripping it up on the bass you know the times you have seen him touch the strings are are hot They're like really good where exodus jams were kind of basic but yeah i thought it was a fun little throwback uh you know he talked about the sun spreads a little bit with the drone piece again wake up which is a tune i really enjoy um, a really cool rendition of build yourself a home with the the sample of kenny logan's highway to the danger zone which just cracked me up. Um, all of my Archer fans out there, you know, Danger Zone. Um, that was fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then now my highlight of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, how me. could it not be? Jolene. Yeah, who would have thought? And then, you know, also sampling uh, Claude Von Stroke's version of Jolene that he does with Green Velvet. We heard some Troy Boy, but it was just like a really just perfectly played out version of Jolene. I absolutely loved it.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I mean, my only hope is definitely uh, a favorite of mine. I think this is the only the second time it's been played this tour. You know, the first time being in Dylan um i remember that very clearly with my buddy joe who's like that was his number one in search of and getting to go hype for that but yeah the the blending with claude von stroke was fucking incredible you know like in what world would you expect to hear dolly parton and claude von stroke in the same breath and then troy boy shortly after um and also you know r.i.p the claude von stroke project um that is no longer as he's now yeah. reverting to just Barkley crenshaw um, but you know, Claude Von Stroke was a, I don't know if it was one of my favorite house projects, but there's definitely some timeless, timeless anthems that came from there. I was there. just
1: starting to like him too. My fucking Northern California, dirty bird friends. I fight at Northern Nights. I guess it was last year now, like Claude Von Stroke was a headliner and he also played as Barkley Crenshaw later. Um, it was fucking incredible. I had a great time shaking my ass with the homies. Loved it.
0: God, we love shaking our ass with the homies. Yeah. Then from there, we got a cool debut of Don't Cost You Nothing. Um, I'm a really big fan of that tune. Again, something that was completely off my radar. I didn't expect to hear at all on this tour, but was really glad to see that one get some life.
1: Yeah, I would take some more songs off that USB. I think Don't Cost You Nothing's on that USB, right?
0: Yep, the USB 2.0. Yeah,
1: I would take a a lot of songs off of that that USB. (laughs) Take your pick. I'm
0: saying... There's a lot of heat on there, so shout out to the boy, Amin Rushdie, who is the plug and the main source for USB 2.0, I'm gonna love you, buddy. And then yeah, closed out night two, Hot Like Sauce, Understand Me Now, Uh, that sweet little pretty song, Just Because I Love You, followed by the Smoky Mountain Boogie, just ended that night in kind of like old Tennessee twang style dance party, which felt, again, very fitting. And then worth mentioning the afters of this night because secret set. We love a secret set. We chase them. There's always whispers and rumblings of them, you know, whether it was in New Orleans, a set under the bridge, when you were in Okeechobee 2017. um, I'm pretty sure a friend of both of us, Reeve, spread this rumor like wildfire that Derek was playing a secret set to the point where I heard heard random people at the festival talking about this. And I was like, oh, my God, like, (laughs) did it spread? (laughs) (laughs) but a secret set actually took place inside the caverns after Michael Menard's set where Derek and Alvin played just a couple tracks in there but we did see the debut and we've talked about this off air we don't know if it like really counts as the debut because it was the full band but it's tricky it's very complicated to understand if it was a real debut or if it was just like a fun little thing that happened for the secret set but damn I feel like if I were there and I missed that one you know I'd be punching air
1: Yeah, I'm practically punching air, not being at this run.
0: Yeah, I was very happy and grateful to be in a really beautiful part of the world, but damn, do I wish I was in Tennessee with the homies shaking my ass, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, so moving on to night three now... um... I would say my first note would be the gazing at the glare, probably one of my favorite versions of the tour so far. I just love, you know, again, it's like what they're doing with the horns, like whether it's like manipulating the horns from like the actual songs or like bringing in new horns. um, Just really enjoyed this rendition of it. It's been nice to hear it played out a lot on this tour. I feel like it didn't really get played. Maybe I'm misremembering, but like just I'm trying to make this connection right now in real time. I don't remember it being played super often with Pretty Lights Live.
0: breaking it down like a gangster and then also among the visuals this night was Cybernautic who was like serving up a delicious palette just a really incredible blending of colors again I thought fit the style very well and then going in from that into Drift Away which the more they play Drift Away on this tour it's like one of those tunes I think that keeps evolving Um, I have a note that this was the goaded version um, but I also really enjoyed the rendition I did in San Francisco so again um, tough to say but the way they've been exploring is it, just really sensational. You know, it's like it's got completely unmatchable vibes for me. The way they kind of hit that slow sections, like very synthy. Um, you know, I'm a big Shaka Khan fan, so when they started sampling "Ain't Nobody" by Shaka Khan, you know, I was fucking geeking and freaking. It just felt like a celebration of that you know it's just a really really cool moment to see there and then again they kind of did that little blend they do of you know you could call it daft punk you can call it kanye west stronger, but um harder better faster stronger nobody's doing it like pl right now i st- i think i stand by my note that this is goaded go to drift away from me
1: yeah, I love that. Um, my next note for this set uh, is just B-Rock. Uh, I thought it was a really cool intro. Uh, I wanted to figure out what the sample was, but whoever's responsible for the samples, you missed one. Because I went on the history of the set lists uh, that Mark has. He has this like one like dedicated post with like all the set lists from the tour so far. Tried to go find the number that matched up, and I couldn't find it. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's amazing to see so many like footnotes, essentially. We're at the point where we're doing footnotes and like citations. It's like pretty amazing. It's like fucking MLA Chicago style, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Approved. The bibliography is uh, is correct.
0: And uh, I think my only other note I have of the set one is something that you kind of alluded to earlier, where they do like a little tease of something that's yet to come in a future stop. But before they played the last passenger, directly before B Rock, they played a little bit of Tennessee Jed by the Grateful Dead. Um, which I learned was kind of a direct nod from Mark Cooley, who was talking to Michael about playing that song. And the reason I bring that up is obviously, you know, they're going to San Francisco, where they have since, uh, if you've checked out our episode about San Francisco or listened to the shows, you know, The Grateful Dead came up quite a bit at the Warfield, you know, the house that Garcia built, as B. Getz put it. But hearing Tennessee Jed before that happened, I was like, oh, they're getting ready. Like, you know, they're listening to Dead, they're getting in the headspace for the following weekend, which was San Francisco. So I thought that was really cool um and then i believe they ended that set with at last i am free which you know it's ai uh, don't know if it's a song for everybody but it is a song for me um i'm such a fan of that tune, it just like makes me feel ethereal um i always think about you know the at last i am free at red rocks in 2018 where derek gets on the mic and is singing that like it's just such a powerful tune
1: yeah, and I love, like, the halftime version. I don't know if that's, like, the proper terminology for when, like, they kind of, like, slow it down towards the end. Or sometimes, I, they actually might have started this version with, like, the slower, the slow down version, but they've done it either way. It works either way for me, but I, I love when they do that, too. Yeah,
0: like, completely that's what agree. That's what makes it
1: ethereal to me, honestly, is, like, that, like, slow down version. Because it's such, like, a hype song. It's, like, very upbeat, usually. But, like, that slow down version is, like, really nice and wavy.
0: Yeah, and then set two, Jesus Christ, there are some really big things that happened here. Um, you know, my first two notes, and I'll let you take it away. But my first notes about set two was, uh, you know, starting off with Solar Sailor into Hot Like Rocks, into Regular Priority. And this Regular Priority is one of my favorites. Um, from a visual aspect, you know, Cybernautic was, like, using these really crazy cool purple and blue colors, while Eric Mincer was using these blue dots, Greg was rinsing these purple and blue lights like everybody was on the same page.
1: the visuals i guess it's because of like ha- the other bjs that they were collaborating with like it felt like a tipper show at times but like more chill sometimes the tipper show can be like very like overstimulating for me and i know that's part of it that's like not a criticism that's just like my own personal experience but like it felt like tipper visuals but just like more chill
0: absolutely yeah very fitting like down temper tipper tipper visuals um, and then a cool little "Everybody Loves the Sunshine" tease. You know, I'm a huge Roy Ayers fan, so anytime I hear that song in any set, you know, whether it's the original or the Netsky remix, I'm a fan. Um, and then in the great "Let the World Hurry By" with a super hype intro, and as "Let the World Hurried By" and we were getting ready to come into the next stage, a very very special guest graced the
1: stage. <laughs> Yeah, we finally got a long-awaited sit-in. I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest. I'm surprised it never happened with Pretty Lights Live. But um, Adam Deitz got the opportunity to sit in for uh, two songs, like a classic Total Fascination Sunday School, you wouldn't call it a sandwich, but like the mashup of those two songs, which is very much from the era of pretty lights that he was performing with and it was great to just kind of really hear the difference that he brings to it it was great to see him having so much fun and kind of perform with this version of pretty lights because my understanding is that you know when he was performing with pretty lights with the analog Future family they were playing with the click track and this is i think you'd have to ask him but i think this is the first time he's played with pretty lights without a click track
0: Listening. we'd love to talk to you about it but yeah i completely agree um the way that he blended with this band you know to no surprise that he fit in so well but it was just so cool to see him just seamlessly like get into the heart of the swirl um the sunday school is great you know having professor deitch sit in for a session you know r- r- rinsing that jenny from the block tees you know and then after sunday school you know alvin tapped back in and one of my favorite Derek quotes of the weekend he just very nonchalantly goes that was fun <laughs> And it sure was. I felt exactly the same way. It was really cool to see Adam Daichu. I think is a pretty central... What's the word I want to use? Not like a nucleus, but he attracted a lot of these people together, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think he had an enormous influence on the Pretty Lights that we know and love today. Like, just back from when it was just him and Derek performing together, I think that he... What played a huge role in coming up with the vision for performing Pretty Lights, like as a live band, and like starting with the analog Future Band, and then, you know, when he had to leave the band, I think he, I think he essentially, and we again we'd have to check with him to to verify this, I'm not gonna call it a fact, but claim, like I think he essentially handpicked the members of just about every iteration of Pretty Lights.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, he's a very connected guy. I mean, he's the reason why Alvin is our drummer, and you know very thankful for that because i think alvin is such a great addition to this project stylistically i think he pairs very well with what pl does so you know big shout out to adam for kind of coming back and giving us a taste like what could have been but you know he's obviously crushing things with lettuce so big shout out to him with his own solo projects like adam deitch is very busy as you know they say deitch beats don't quit so it was very cool to see him sit in for a bit and uh just kind of happy coincidence i think with break science doing the after party that night but a very very cool moment to see him again with the band and you know you could tell it was very special for everybody that was there just smiles or in no short supply
1: yeah i'd love to see it repeated in new orleans i mean maybe it's just like one of those like singular you know stop treats and like that's totally fine if that's the case but i wouldn't mind another sit-in happening in new orleans because i believe uh, break science plays the after party on the third night of new orleans so he'll be in town
0: so after the Reigns were handed back to Alvin, uh, we got a great version of Who Loves Me, a really cool I Can See It In Your Face, and then for me, one of my highlights of the entire weekend was the Fatboy Slim versus Arrested Development.
1: Ugh! What a choice wow. with Fatboy Slim, wow. praise you, God, I love that song.
0: Yeah, it is like one of the first songs, like as I was starting to get into electronic music, Fatboy Slim really captivated me, and... I think the line of praise you like is so true to the PL experience, where it's we've come a long, long way together through the hard times and the good. I'd have to celebrate you, baby. I ought to praise you like I should. And I'm like I'm getting chills just thinking about it. But we really have, you know, like through PL, there's definitely been some highs and some lows with the project, but we are just in full celebration mode right now at the renaissance like this product deserves to be celebrated it's why we're so adamant about doing this pod and these recaps the way we are because what's happening now is it's monumental and it deserves to be celebrated it deserves to be talked about it deserves to be acknowledged this shit is beyond next level like i there's no other way to put it you know band production there's nothing like it in electronic music right now this tour i think will go down in the history books
1: Absolutely. And I think in addition to like celebrating the band and praising the band, like we got to praise ourselves and celebrate ourselves a little bit too. And just like all of the, like, cause as individuals, like, you know, we can think about, you know, how we're all part of a community and, you know, like the band and everything, but even as individuals, like we've all come a long way through hard times and good. And like, we, we got to celebrate ourselves. We got to praise ourselves. Like, I think that is important just like kind of acknowledging like the pro the progress that like we've all we've all made
0: that's a great point elizabeth so if you're listening to this you know make sure you take some time today to reflect you know really acknowledge where you're at now hopefully it's in a better spot than where you've been before and if you don't feel like you're there yet just give yourself some time because you'll get there we believe in you
1: yeah yeah, I mean, that then, honestly, <laughs> I was going to be like, know, like, that that about does it for me. The rest of the set, I was that, you know, like, you know me, Electro Cali is a shrug song for me. Um, but this
0: version of Electro Cali, into whatever you like, Don't Stop Believing, little Steve Miller band action, like, what a swirl. I don't know
1: about that one. <laughs> Wow, that's my hot take.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, Elizabeth's electro Cali hater. She likes a state, hates a song. Um, I thought it was fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, just again the Facts. things that are being touched and swirled here. You know, big fan. Yeah, but you know, not all of us have good. I can't even joke that say you have bad taste because the ten <laughs> days I had in San Francisco was just like a tour day, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. If you ever, if you don't have the Google Doc about San Francisco, like hit us up. She'd be happy to share. It is the most immaculate list of things for you to do and if you don't like those things like maybe you need to look at yourself because if you have taste perfect so i don't know I'm, I'm on the fence to you about how i feel about your take on electro cali because generally i trust your taste but
1: especially in california but maybe not this maybe not this specific cali because we don't really call it that
0: okay lives there for like three years
1: <laughs> it's six
0: I know, I'm being facetious. <laughs> but yeah, you know, musically, that kind of wrapped up the weekend, so, you know, when we look back at Caverns, you know, I, I as I said in the beginning, I think this is going to be one that really stands out from the rest in the sense that it was just like a PL fest. You know, three days of completely curated music, including pre-shows, incredible historic PL shows that would have stood alone on their own as is. And then incredible afters taking place in the Caverns, which again, a very historic venue. Um, I'm really cool. Not really cool.
1: You are really cool.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> see, again, that's her good taste coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool to see how the Caverns has really grown. Because I remember a couple of years ago, like pre COVID, it was very one off the shows they were doing there, but they're cranking shit now. Like, they're they're very busy. I I like how they've incorporated doing shows above the caves, you know, as cool as it would be to see PL in the caves, you know, just being in that land and that space. Um, it looks like a beautiful time. So if there is another cavern show, I would very much like to be there. Um, again, a special weekend, lots of tour debuts, bust outs, sit-ins, you know, special Derek moments, general tomfoolery, the caverns really had it all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say I want to go to the caverns, but like, I need an Airbnb. You will not find me hauling a tent across the country, try, let alone trying to fucking pitch one and trying to survive in like 40 degree weather overnight. Um, I will be knocking on your door. So that's trying what, that's what to happened survive.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Northern nights 2.0 where my tent gets broken and I just show, I, I truly embrace the work that I am and just show up to, you know, this random group that adopts me They're Now my friends. shout out to the gold Block collective, but, uh, yeah that's my uh that's my toxic trait terrible camp one of many terrible at camping
0: you don't have many toxic traits and that you can't even fault you being a terrible camper again you're from miami you didn't grow up in this shit mm-hmm. you know you're a spoiled little girl you deserve to be
1: i'll be in nola yeah i deserve to be in an Airbnb in a city where i feel at home and that is where i will be next that's where we will both be um, yeah, that's right next week in new Orleans for the tour closer. Uh, we're very excited about that. I am just once again, going to plug the opportunity in new Orleans, uh, to volunteer, uh, with my program, the Nightswatch. Um, I'll be there with my amazing mentor, Stacy, who's coming down from good night out in Vancouver to help, uh, lead these shows or like the after parties. So uh, if you volunteer one night, uh, you get a free ticket to one of the uh, after parties another night. Um, it's a great opportunity to like get involved and give back to the community. So uh, if it's something you're interested in learning more about uh, now, we can do our social plugs. Uh, you can get in touch with us uh, on Instagram at almost familiar pod, or you can shoot us an email at almost familiar at gmail.com. And it doesn't just have to be about getting involved in harm reduction. It can just be to say what's up. Cause we love hearing from you.
0: We really do. But yeah, um, if you are interested in the harm reduction, you know, please reach out. It was really cool to see so many volunteers that came through for San Francisco. Um, that was really special to see. And again, just like everybody was doing a pretty good job of taking care of each other. So even if you don't volunteer, you know, just be the change you want to see in the scene. It doesn't take much.
1: Yeah, I am so, you know, I've uh, I've only been to New Orleans once. It was for the New Year's Eve show that you missed a couple weeks ago, or not a couple of weeks <laughs> Definitely doesn't even feel like a couple weeks, a couple years ago. Um, I'm excited to get back. Um, it's so many people's like favorite city. You know, like B Get's was saying that his favorite city when we like when he did the podcast with us. Like I have many friends that like just like love New Orleans. Um, so I'm really looking forward to really trying to spend some time um and exploring like the city and like the culture, just like the rich uh music history and just seeing um how that translates to pretty lights.
0: Yeah, me too, and uh yeah, very excited to be in there to catch this tour closer with you specifically. You know, very grateful we got to catch the tour opener together. It's very fitting that we catch the tour closers yeah, together. Yeah, it's a
1: sandwich. It's an almost familiar sandwich, guys.
0: <laughs> it's all one big sandwich. Mm-hmm. um Ooh, we'll have to take a note of what like the first song was played versus what the last song played of the tour was. See God, if what was cheeky, what but...
1: was the first song of the tour? Oh, it was uh, Omega Children, right? But you got I think it was that one.
0: Was that the first one?
1: I believe so.
0: It was Omega Children. You fucking, you're good, Elizabeth. <laughs> you are good.
1: Yeah, but um, there's still a handful, very several handfuls of tracks that haven't been played. And in fact, I don't think they would do this necessarily, but like, I was thinking it'd be cool, like, if, or at least I think it would be cool if they did like one set of like the new, whatever the new album is, like, in order i think that would be cool Mm,
0: just like play it out front to back yeah that would be fine like we
1: wouldn't know it because we have no idea like what's on the album or like what order it's in you know like it's or like if it's if it even is an album you know like it's i, I just think it'd be i mean cool derek
0: to... said before tour there's an album coming at the end of this so that's like the you know the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow yeah. and has been this tour i i forget about that you know we are going to get that new album
1: i just think back to the post a couple years ago where he it's like all of these like air quotes it's like i'm tired of releasing like in air quotes like albums and i forget what else it says and i'm just like well how the fuck is he gonna release the music am i gonna have to like buy a cassette player you know like so if that's um, what it
0: takes that's what we'll do elizabeth
1: oh yeah absolutely but um i don't know i think that'd be cool just to like kind of hear the album in the order that it's meant to be heard like before we actually receive it in the order that it's meant to be heard
0: totally with you well until New Orleans, hope y'all have a happy Thanksgiving or had a happy Thanksgiving, probably more appropriate by the time we actually put this out. But enjoy your downtime, rest up, recharge. Tour closers coming in hot. It has been such a treat, such a pleasure to share some time and space with you. So thank you for letting us take up your precious time. This has been Wes Johnson. Love you guys.
1: Yeah. And this has been Elizabeth Dreesen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, hanging out with us and just kind of reflecting on the collective experience that we've been having so that we can look back, you know, weeks, months, years, pass it along to the next generation of just like what you said, like the, the, because this tour is one for the history books. So I'm glad that we're uh, really trying to take the time to, um, you know, document it to the best of our ability. And of course, you know, on that note, we have to thank, you know, the team behind Pretty Lights Live for uh, just giving everyone the capability of, you know, reliving these sets. Um, And also for us to be able, because I feel like they really help us tell the story of these sets. Um, And it's like fun. It's just been such a fun, creative exercise, like editing these and like, you know, identifying like, what's the right timestamp to use? And like, what should like, I feel like we rarely open with the tracks that Derek opens with. You know, it's like we're not necessarily opening with like the first song of like Night One or like if any of the sets necessarily. It's like we're making choices of it'd like... It'd be too easy. It'd be too easy. It's like we're making these... This has been like probably one of the most like fun creative exercises I've ever done of like, oh, I'm, you know, like, what's the right song for like the opener? What's the right song for the closer? So like, I just personally have had like a lot of fun doing that. And I hope it's been fun for those uh, listening.
0: Well, hopefully, if you're still listening, you've been having a good time, because we've been having a good time making this content. We're happy to share it with you.
1: Yeah, 100%. So we'll see y'all in NOLA. Can't wait to eat some really good food. And, yeah, come say hi if you're there. We'd love to meet you. we
2: me <laughs> <laughs> together Through the hard times and <laughs> the good. I have to celebrate. Raise you like I should